Welcome to Discover Ag, where every week we discover what's new in the world of agriculture. We're your hosts, Natalie Kavork and Tara Vanderdusen, and together we bring you our professional farming opinions on a mix of entertainment, facts, and trending news articles in the ag and food space. We're ag like you've never seen or heard it before. Welcome to episode 69 of Discover Ag. Good morning, discos. <laughs> no. Tara. No? <laughs> That's what we got suggested. Discos. Oh, really? Okay. That was a suggestion. I was just trying it out. Okay. I tried it off for size. It felt a little unnatural. (laughs) We'll see if it fits with the community. (laughs) Good morning, discos. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's discover. It is kind of fun. I do like it. Like discoers. I don't know. We'll settle into it. Okay. That's where we're at today. Happy Monday. So got to know. Everyone's going to be talking about it. What did you think of the, the Super Bowl? I like hate to say this, but I watched very little of the Super Bowl. So I um, don't have a lot to contribute to this conversation. How was it? Who won? Why don't you fill me in? (laughs) Did you at least watch Chris Stapleton sing? Nope. Missed that. We were late. We missed the entire first quarter because we were driving from the lake to the the party we were going to. So we missed the entire first quarter. Then I ended up on the phone. No offense to my parents who might be listening. My boomer parents could not figure out how to get it on YouTube. Like they were trying to watch it on YouTube. So I spent the entire second quarter FaceTiming my parents trying to tell them how to watch the Super Bowl. You're a much better than I am. Well, I left during the fourth quarter. So here we are. We also, we only stayed till half. Luke wanted to get home. We went to a friend's and Luke wanted to get home to keep on his like night calving schedule routine. So we left fairly early too. Um, but uh, listening to you share that, it's like Luke sounds like um, a new mom with like a baby. <laughs> like I want to keep the baby on yeah. the schedule. So like we have to go home. That's what exactly what that reminded me of. I mean, it's um, delicate toes around a house, a lot of whispers, like daddy's sleeping, shh, and it's like two o'clock. I'm like, if people could see us right now, they'd be like, oh, nice. Your husband and spouse is just, just sleeps all day. Sounds like a contributor. Sleeps all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. Back to the Super Bowl. The commercials, I feel like we're good though. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I've never gotten to, into the like, Super Bowl commercial hype. There were some good ones. I thought it was interesting. This is the first year that Bud Light didn't have a monopoly or Budweiser, whichever one it is, on the beer. So ev- their other beer brands were able to make commercials. And so it was kind of fun to see what they had up their sleeve. Um, Rihanna, yeah, I don't know. I honestly loved... I just want to give a shout out to Chris Stapleton. I think he did way better than... I don't know if I'll say he did way better than Rihanna because she did put on a good halftime performance. But I just love Chris Stapleton. His voice is so good. And I thought he did such a tribute in the beginning to open it. And I just... I love him. So... I did not think Rihanna was the best halftime show ever. I felt like it was a lot of like the same. Like I like when they like bring in like special guests and there's like more change up. I felt like it was. Yeah. I don't know. No offense to her. I just felt like the overall was not quite as like there. I but. thought the suspending was impressive. Like seeing that up one. in the air and moving up and down a lot. I think people probably don't recognize how I guess I'm assuming that I think that'd be extremely hard to do. Uh, I thought it was really badass that she was pregnant doing it. I think. Oh, um, I didn't know like, that. Mm-hmm. Breaking news for me. It is. Oh, right. No one really knew. Cool. Like tw- I, so many of us were like Googling it when she was singing and people were tweeting and like, is Rihanna pregnant? Like what's going on? Like, cause she's not, she's far enough along to like notice, but also obviously not. to, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of, but 
uh, a news, I don't know who announced, but they did break that. She, that was like kind of her, I guess her way of announcing to the world that they're pregnant again. I think. Um, so I feel like there's always one commercial that's kind of ag related. And I feel like this year's was like avocados. Yeah. That's kind of, what did you think of the avocado commercial? Well, I thought it was lots of things. <laughs> I thought it was interesting <laughs> that it was like Mexico avocados promoting it. Yeah. I feel like the whole that is interesting because I don't have you been following the avocado like cartel issue in Mexico? No, not on my radar. Not on your radar. Mm-mm. So all of 2022, like the cartel took over, I guess. I don't have like every detail of this because I haven't spoken with anyone in the cartel, but <laughs> apparently the cartel <laughs> that meeting's on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> The cartel like took over the avocado industry to make money because it was so profitable and like avocado toast and everything, you know, like they ship, I think, 80% of their avocados to the United States. So the cartel took over the business. And so I was like, that's interesting that they would suddenly have a Super Bowl commercial about Mexico avocados after the drug cartel takes over. Weird, huh? Is it interesting? It's funny. It makes me, all I can picture is Narcos for avocados. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that'll be 2023, like Netflix trending series to watch. <laughs> it very well could be. So I don't know. I thought, I thought it was, um, yeah, it was a weird one. They were like Adam and Eve, but then mm-hmm. she like tried an avocado and then there was like, I, I don't know. I'm curious. Have, was Twitter saying anything? I was curious if there was like outcries of like cultural appropriation and then like biblical. And like, I felt like they touched on a lot of hot points in this. Oh, I'm commercial. sure it's, all over Twitter. I haven't actually got on Twitter this morning yet, though. So maybe we can update or share more on Discover Stories as we as we um, are in real time here. Yeah. Keep us posted what you find out. So there is one thing I want to get off my chest before we dive into the the meat of our show. Um, I You're going to love this. I bit off more than I could chew with Liver King. He became too much <laughs> very quickly. It was like teenage love. It just was not meant to last for him and I. And I've been out. I'm out. There was a point, Natalie, and I think I shared it to Discover <laughs> Stories last week, where there was five reels in a row you sent me, and it's a half-naked liver They're, king, and I'm just like, I don't want to see this. They're so ridiculous. I can't stop. And I actually, nothing makes me happier than still popping into a stories to send you the most ridiculous story of the day. So I will continue to flood your Thank inbox you. with liver king, but I can't have people think I'm, I'm, I am not a liver king. I just can't with liver king what are no longer be associated with his name primals good morning no longer primals primals. (laughs) you're out on that okay (laughs) okay discos is better than primals okay (laughs) discos um how about growing on you it is how about food compass in the news again i feel like we have a very difference of opinion on this i am like so heated all over again yeah not that i'm not heated but i'm i told you this i'm kind of just like I don't know. Been there, done that. Can we move on? You know, like, obviously, it's a terrible, terrible scientific experiment. I don't know. What do you even call it at this point? Um, Do we need to keep pointing out, like, all the errors about it? I mean, maybe, to your point. I think we do need to, because I'm, like, really worried that this is going to, like, stick, and this is going to be, like, this is it. Like, the food compass. It's our food guide. Pay attention to it. Um, Nina released a new, like, tweet that was a graphic again like the similar to the first one where it was like these foods are green these foods are yellow these foods are red but I feel like she pulled out even more like blaring issues and all the green are all like cereals and Mm -hmm. all the reds are animal protein and it was yes 
way off. So Nina Teichels, that's how I say her last name. I don't know if it's right, but she's a science journalist. I actually thought she was a dietitian, but when I was like reading her Twitter profile, it says science journalist. Um, oh, she's wow. also the author. Title. Mm-hmm. She's also the author of The Big Bat Surprise, which is a book I love and highly recommend. And you're right. She did create another chart and she pulled out that 53 General Mills cereals all rank healthier than cheese, milk, eggs cooked in butter. And she listed a few. It was like Dora the Explorer, Berry Burst, Cheerios, Lucky Charms. I don't know, like Count Chocula. Uh, So I think there's funding. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's like conspiracy now around or I don't know. I I didn't go too deep into it, but um, touching on like did General Mills partly fund this? Yeah. I have questions too. The other thing she touched on, which I was not aware of and is new breaking news. Tufts did this before. They did it in 2009. They came out. I don't know exactly what they said in the report, but it was a very wanky, shoddy report. And the New York Times and Tufts Daily actually reported on it. And so the ranking system was dropped. And so I think she's maybe trying to drum up enough information or awareness around it that this will get recalled again. Um, so fun fact is at the sustainable ag summit, a lot of times, I think that's the one, a lot of times there's a general mills representative there. So mm. maybe this year we'll have to have find a him. podcast. Yeah. Have I'm sure he'll want to, mm-hmm. yeah, well, he'll want to come on here and yeah. <laughs> talk with us about <laughs> <laughs> how his cereal is healthier than beef. So when I was looking for, or like reviewing the articles and trying to find more or trying to find more information about them, I came across an article. So, you know, last week, how we touched on how the CEO of Impossible Burger was feeling misrepresented in the media. Yeah. Um, I say that with air quotations for everyone listening and not watching. Well, when I was researching, I came up upon this another article and get this, they were actually saying that the meat lobby was behind it all and that we played paid Bloomberg to publish the stories to bash Impossible Burgers. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous because if it was, well, I guess it depends who would have, who would have quote unquote paid for it. But if it had been like beef checkoff, it would have had to go through USDA approval. So like there's no way that would get approval. Yeah. So that's kind of dumb. But the other interesting thing about this article, and I'm curious if you knew this because I, my mind was blown when I was reading about this. So the, the article is actually written to discuss whether plant-based is actually displacing meat in the marketplace. And in that, they were talking about this thing that's called the veto vote. And it's essentially where a reason why restaurants keep vegan and vegetarian options on the menu is to ensure that they get the entire group's business. Like they don't want to lose a whole group to one person that couldn't possibly eat there at the restaurant. Oh, I think that's so fascinating to think about like why food chains and like why all these restaurants would do this. Cause we've talked about it before. We're like, it's not making money. Like if you go to like Burger King or McDonald's, like whoever's running one, it's for the veto vote. That's so interesting. That kind of makes a lot of sense because you so do much kind sense. of like you reach out to everyone that you're going to eat uh-huh. with. I feel like less maybe like chain places and more like chain fast food. Sorry, less fast mm-hmm. food. But like if you're going to go to like a sit down dinner with friends, you're kind of like, hey, does anyone like have mm-hmm. a preference of what we're eating? So if you had someone who was a vegan, they would be like, I need vegan options uh-huh. or vegetarian options. And then you don't want to lose the other nine, ten, five, six, like whatever it is in the group because of the one veto vote. Hmm. Interesting. I know the things you learn on discover ag, you guys. So good. I'm so glad you brought that today. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Getting to the meat of the episode and what we'll be covering for this week's top three trending topics in the ag and food space that you guys need to know. Number one is meatless snap. How Iowa is cutting meat, poultry, and more food from assistance programs. 
So I actually did a reels recently um, about the uh, WIC program and milk. So I have a lot to add to this of like feedback I got from people that are actually on these kind of programs. So tons of good stuff there. Number two is beyond me in a class action lawsuit for deceiving customers. Mm, mm. Interesting. Kind of sounds like maybe our friends over at Oatly from last week, <laughs> deceiving customers. <laughs> oh, and number three is how the egg shortage is breeding chicken feed conspiracies. I made Daniel listen on um, our entire drive home yesterday to egg conspiracies, egg conspiracies, <laughs> however you say that podcast. And he was like, okay, enough. Like we get it. We've got it. Daniel hates me for the things that we have to do. <laughs> he was like, this is ridiculous. This is not what's happening right now. Like, like when I told him, basically told another podcast that you guys would go on the podcast and I didn't even ask you or Dan. I broke that to him on I was Friday like, night. Yeah, I think Tara would love to talk about that. Her and Dan would do a really good job. <laughs> Daniel was like, what are we doing? I was like, oh, Natalie volunteered you and Luke to be on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, Dan's like I'm so glad Natalie is running my schedule now (laughs) just let me know where I need to show up love you husbands all right before we dive into all of that we want to remind you guys that every month we host a giveaway to say thank you for listening to the discover app podcast all you have to do to be entered is to share our podcast to your social channels or leave us a review in whatever app you're listening at the end of every single month we pick one person and send them a bag of all of our favorite things And we talked about this last week and I think I want to keep it a running thing because it is so stupid cool to see all the things that you guys are doing while you listen to Discover Ag. This week we had people bottling milk. We had people making copper jewelry. We had a scenic drive through South Dakota. I mean, the discos are on fire. There's no other way to it. They were doing amazing things this week. It was really cool to see. Um, so speaking cool. of our bag of like goodies we give people, I feel like we should pick some new things, like update our bag and like... Yeah, I love keeping that like super fun and what we're like enjoying right now. We do try and feature like small businesses too. Um, yeah, we have like Mandy who does. Um, she makes her own goat lotion in there. We have some cool small businesses in there, so we should mix it up when we get through this product. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we also want to remind you that as of 2023, we are now officially on YouTube. So if you prefer to tune in with video or know someone who is a YouTube fanatic and think they would enjoy listening to Discover on YouTube, be sure to send them our YouTube page. It is linked in the show notes and can be found by searching Discover Ag Podcast on YouTube. All right, let's dive in the top three tending, trending topics in the ag and food space that you guys need to know this week. Okay, title, Meatless Snap. Iowa bill would cut meat, poultry, and more food from the assistance program. Iowans on the food assistance program known as SNAP would have far fewer food purchasing options, not being able to use the benefits to buy meat, nuts, or canned fruits and vegetables under new proposed legislation. For for the time being, the legislation as written would limit SNAP program users to only purchase foods eligible for users of WIC, the nutrition assistance program for expectant mothers. That means SNAP users would be limited to purchasing foods like milk, juice, cereal, bread, rice, pasta, fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, and yogurt, um, would no longer be a but would no longer be able to purchase with the um, other foods like meat, poultry, fish, canned fruits, and vegetables. Yeah, and other like commonly used items that said like mustard, flour, spices, like things you would use for like cooking sugar, mm-hmm. uh, those would also be limited. So I actually hate us for picking this article because it really gets into political waters, and that's something I normally try not to do on my social platforms. <laughs> Uh, that was when I did. So I did a reels about how WIC was limiting how much milk uh, women 
infants and children can get through that program. That's what that program is. And it was um, got a lot of conversation over on TikTok, a lot of people feeling very passionate one way or another. And I think that was actually what I wanted to kind of talk about with this is so in that one, Wick was limiting how much milk people could get. And I had equal amount of comments saying, well, I get way too much milk for my family anyway, so this doesn't matter. And just as many people saying, I can't get enough milk for my family. We go through it. Like this is going to be a huge burden for us to have to purchase more milk. And so I feel like it just, I don't know that there's like a way to like win Mm -hmm. at this conversation that people are going to have very differences of opinion on what it should be. So, I mean, I'm obviously concerned about removing animal proteins um, or cutting foods. Yeah. From an insecure population. But I just, the more I was reading about it and I actually had some people from Iowa message in and say, agree that they just don't think it will pass. So the USDA actually oversees SNAP. And so they'll have to approve all changes. And I guess they're pretty stern about it. I came across um, an article that was stating that in 2015 and 18, Maine tried to ban soda and candy from their SNAP food list and it was denied. So I'm like, if SNAP or if uh, candy and pop stays on there, I will. You feel safe. There will be a riot if they like it gets approved to move, remove these other food staples, considering I know. those aren't food staples. It This is like so hard, though, because I feel like people's like dietary choices are so different. And this has such an impact on like what people like in that category are obviously able to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it goes is like reminds me of like school lunches, like hospital foods, like all those things mm-hmm. that are like regulated in like a similar way that this is going back to our first point. This is why the food compass worries me is because things like the food compass then impact things like WIC, SNAP, school lunches, hospital foods, prison foods. And then like it has like a rippling effect of what's seen as like okay or not okay. Listen, an entire nation on Count Chocula cereal. It's not going to be Scary thought. (laughs) But what's nuts is in, I actually think I'm going to do a reel on this on Discover this week, is that chocolate milk isn't allowed in schools because it's considered too high in sugars. How on earth are we like at a place that says Count Chocula cereal is better than regular milk and that chocolate milk is bad? Yeah. It's a sad day. So one, a couple of things that stood out to me when I was reading, uh, first I was like, why are they doing this? And I came across a quote from one of the representatives and he was saying that they are wanting to ensure accountability in Iowa's assistance programs to make sure it's sustainable. And I am so triggered by the word sustainable that I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, they're going after environmental. And that was like my train of thought. And it took me a second to realize they were, it's like, obviously financially. Yes. It's an economic issue. And so that again, going back to political waters. Um, but yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> environmental <laughs> meat. Here we go. Like I was all like fired up. And then I was like, Oh, calm down, Natalie. It's going to be okay. Um, I found it interesting who was opposing this. Did I you see that? Literally just going to say that Tyson so there, foods. Mm-hmm, there's 55 major lobbying groups in Iowa. 22, um, are publicly against it. And obviously things like food banks and like anti-hunger advocacy groups are against it. But Tyson stepped in and said they're against it. And then there's 31 groups that are undecided and then two groups that support it. Yeah. So, I I mean, it's not a surprise that Tyson or like, Mm -hmm. you know, that they would want to continue to provide chicken, eggs. Yeah. I, I think my emotional cycle was like three seconds of like surprised and then like minutes of like, nope, that makes makes sense. sense. (laughs) Makes total sense. 
So I did think, did you notice that when you were researching this article, it was like the same article over and over and over again? Like literally each news group was just copying, pasting the same article, even had the same photo with it. I know. I feel like that happens so much. The more we like are doing research for this, the more I realize that it is the news articles literally use the exact same everything like yeah. it's like oh it worked for that news article let's just like repeat it over here and so it makes it really hard to like actually find like differing opinions or different like people being interviewed or anything it's like the same person over and over and over again talking about the same thing from the same angle yeah it's um i think like concerning from like a real news standpoint i mean listen people we like to pretend we're sharing the news we're not sharing the news you know like we're just giving our opinions those people are actually like sharing news and so it is interesting that they're just like copy stamp repeat. copying and pasting So I, because I was having such a hard time trying to find like another opinion or another viewpoint or article, I ended up on a vegan Reddit thread that had this in it. Oh, this explains a lot. uh, The time I wasted was going through this vegan Reddit thread is because they had a screenshot of Diana's. I'm taking us like we're we're off of Snap now. We're on a new. We're on a tangent. (laughs) Yes, because they had a screenshot of one of Diana's recent posts, which was like a. testimony where uh, she helped influence like a policy in a school system, like through a student who went and like Mm -hmm. used her book. And it was so interesting because there was one comment that someone, this is their, this was the direct quote. It said, does anyone know what this person's book claims and what the slides could possibly say as to how the consumption of meat isn't bad for the environment and can sometimes have a quotation positive impact. I generally just want to understand how they can possibly think that and what the base of their claims are. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting to see like what they say to this genuine person in there. Oh, prepare for takeoff, you guys. It was total like bleep me out bullshit. Like they, I just saw the brainwashing unfold before me. Like people were like, it's a concept at most. Like regenerative ag is just a hypothesis. Uh, In my opinion, regenerative ranching is like uh, never be sustainable because it breaks the natural. I mean, it was insane. The responses to this poor person that is now going to be like, oh, okay. I asked my genuine question and then I got my response. Mm -hmm. Two things on that. This makes a lot of sense now why I got articles from you from vegan websites last week. Yeah. <laughs> making a ton of sense now. Um, I kept getting emails from you and I was like, why am I getting like www.veganews.com You're from like, Natalie? Now I understand. Um, that is funny because on a similar thread, I was tagged in something on LinkedIn. And I, you know how we've been talking like we've been, I feel like we've been making progress, like getting our message out there about animal ag and regenerative ag and like amazing things have been kind of happening. I ended up getting tagged in this thread and it was like point by point kind of like misleading false information about all of the points we've been seeing that are positive about ag. And I was like, oh, they're coming for us. They're coming for like our talking, like our talking points of being like a lot of cattle are grazed on marginal lands. It was like this whole thing about like why that is false and like a huge thread about how like that's not an argument that Regen can use. And I was like, oh, they're coming for us. Listen, you guys, they're not dumb. They got to this point through like, I mean, some of their efforts, obviously, I think are terrible, but I'm like, kudos. That was like way to play the system or way to spin that factor. Like they're not dumb. They're going to take the factual things we have going for us. Like you said, the movement we as an industry have created and the talking points we have out in like larger narratives than our own echo chamber. And they're going, they have to twist them. They're going to like, we Buckle up, you guys. Buckle up, buttercup, as I like to say. Yep. All right. Moving on to our second industry news piece you guys need to know this week. 
The title is Class Action Lawsuits Alleging Beyond Meat Deceived Consumers About Protein Content Will Be Combined combined in Chicago. So a series of class action lawsuits alleging deceptive practices by Beyond Meat will be heard as a single case in Chicago, a court ruled Wednesday. The suit alleges Beyond Meat Incorporated, which sells plant-based meat substitute products, miscalculates and overstates the protein content in its food and misleads consumers about the nutritional benefits compared to traditional meat products. I like, okay, so to list, um, it says that it has a, a 20 gram per serving is 40% of your daily protein content. And it's actually a 19 gram serving and it actually is only 7%. So that's a massive difference. They're claiming mm-hmm. 40 and it's actually seven. How did this get like, like approved? I guess I don't know. I don't understand how like nutritional facts work on the back, like who approves those, who says yes to those. How can you so misrepresent that? I have no idea, but I am so happy about this news. What's crazy is also if you took into account like the actual protein bioavailability. So Mm -hmm. it was 7%. If you took into the fact that it's plant-based protein, so it's not as bioavailable, it's not a complete protein, it would probably be like 3%. So massive misrepresentation. This goes back, though, to all the conversations we have about how if you're going to be vegan or vegetarian, you need to be very conscientious of where you're getting your protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we talk about, I mean, to your points, the additional point we always talk about, too, is that not all protein is the same. So, yeah. like, protein from plants is going to be much difficult to get than from animals. And But this, okay, I, I'm not trying to repeat myself, but I do feel like Oatly last week, like this, that we've been saying, like, I feel like all of us in Animal Ag have kind of been, like, screaming in the background being like, this is not right. This is inaccurate information. And it goes back to, like, I wish that they had to follow the same, like, USDA standards that we all have to follow in commodities so that this kind of misinformation doesn't get out there. I agree. And maybe that's what will come from it, hopefully. Because did you see they already went through one lawsuit in October of 2022? Yes. This is like not new, I guess, for them. Yeah. They went through it with their former co-packer, like Don Lee Farms, and they didn't settle or it was settled. So I don't, I think they settled out of courts or something. And so like, it's all undisclosed, but I'm like this, the, I don't know, the dominoes are falling. I feel like Beyond Meat's going to go up in flames. I think they're doing worse than impossible. Uh, what I also found interesting about this article is they repeatedly mentioned like how much of the workforce they had laid off. They were like, mm-hmm. they've worked laid off tw- uh, 200 employees in the fall. They laid off 4% of their workforce in August. Like they were hitting really hard. Like it wasn't just like, it was kind of like they were just like adding all the bad things that have happened together in one article um, to make it, I don't know, I guess, you know, have a little bit more be a little more substantial of an article, uh, but it was very not positive, <laughs> like negative, negative. Well, as it should be. Right, right. And welcome to our life. So the other thing I came across when I was searching this, just going to take us on another tangent, um, your okay. nose biter guy. Remember the reel you did on the nose biter guy, the chief? Oh um, my gosh, yes. And he bit someone's nose? Mm-hmm. It chief was operating officer. Yes, for um, Beyond Burger. He is facing up to six years in prison and a fine of up to 10000 for like road rage where he got out and bit someone's and nose off. bit someone's nose off. That's nuts. His court trial starts, well, we're recording on Monday. So his court starts tomorrow. But for everyone listening Thursday when this is live, it'll be two days in. So we'll have that to update everyone on. 
We will keep a close eye on that one. <laughs> that one was wild. I when I will be on the grindstone with yes. that one. <laughs> oh, I love it. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll have to do an updated reel on that one too. All right. Moving on to our third and final industry news piece you guys need to know this week. Title, Egg Shortage Breeds Chicken feed conspiracies. Social media users claim to have found a new culprit for sky-high egg prices, chicken feed. The theory gained steam on Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter in recent weeks, with some users reporting that their hens stopped laying eggs and speculating that common chicken feed products were the cause. Some went a step further to suggest that the feed producers had intentionally made their products deficient to stop backyard egg production, forcing people to buy eggs at inflated prices. Quote, one of the largest egg producers in the country cut a deal with one of the largest feed producers in the country to change their feed formula so it no longer contains enough protein and minerals for your chickens to produce. End quote. One Facebook user wrote this in a post that was shared more than 2,000 times. They are now price gouging eggs to make bank. Oh, all right. I don't even know where to start with I this know. one. I, I also listened to a podcast about it. So that was like added to this and it was very conspiracy driven on the podcast as well. I guess my take, my opinion on it is I do not think that there is like a massive conspiracy with the largest egg producer and the largest like chicken feed producer. I think there's a multitude of different things going on and that people are like seeing it, getting on social media and it's like trending. That's what I think. So Jill Winger actually did a good post on this and I'll share it to discover stories um, and basically like any rational level headed person. She talks about kind of just what you said about how feed is just one factor that goes into egg production. Uh, And this was actually a point brought up in like several of the different articles I read as well. But we need to be accounting for like the season, the weather, um, daylight, the age, like pullets, I guess, lay more. So if you had a younger flock last year, and I actually saw one person talking about how like, um, with COVID, there was probably a ton of new chicken producers entering in. So you after stole their- my point, <laughs> well, we can, we can talk on that in a minute, but anyway, so, um, like age plays a role, temperature molting, like there are so many factors that play a role. And she basically summed hers up by saying like, it's converging into the perfect storm. Um, I've seen a lot of people kind of say like maybe companies are taking shortcuts um, I've seen a lot just of don't. that too like it's I think it's a multitude of factors for the perfect storm as far as the conspiracy goes I think that is like actually a point of if you want to talk about the feed I think that's a really important point Feed prices are sky high, as everyone in ag knows right now. It wouldn't be that surprising if a feed company did take some shortcuts or change some of their like rations or whatever, or where they were supplying feed from. I mean, you think about like our global economy right now with like what's going on in Ukraine, like did something get changed along the way? And I know like when we change a single ingredient in cow's diets, it has a massive impact on like their production and what is like going on on the dairy. I don't know anything about chickens, but I would imagine it could be similar. So I don't think there was a conspiracy to change anything and like wreck egg production. But I do think that just with what we're experiencing across our supply chain right now, there could have been changes. But I couldn't find this was another one where all the articles are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And they I would have loved to have had more input from experts saying like, is that a possibility? Like, did they change an ingredient? And that could be 
one of the multi-contributing factors. So that's kind of my one of my big points is like this is all going to remain conspiracy. And this is a point we talk about all the time until actual scientific research is done to compare the two brands. So if we want to get to the bottom of this, then you need to take two populations of similar hens. So it has to be the same type of chickens. They have to be in the same place with the same light in the water, like same everything. You have to have a controlled setting. And then you have to feed one, one of these brands, and then you have to feed the other one a different brand. It has to have the same protein. Like it needs to be the same nutritional, just different brands. And then you need to get like multiple people to do that, like replicate that. And then we can collect that data and then we can compare it and then we can get to the bottom of it until then it's going to be just social media, TikTok, one random person on TikTok creating like a flurry across the nation. Yes. And like, I don't know that TikTok's our most reliable source. I don't know if you remember last year when some video went viral and it was like a parody. Like mm-hmm. it was a fake thing that some yes. farmer did and they were like, people were like, oh my gosh, it's real. It's from a farmer, which is really annoying because we always say, go and talk to your farmers because they, but I hate when things go, when people do things to go viral and then there's more misinformation. It's like fantastic. Yeah. I saw like one of the articles ended it by writing like, uh, let me pull it up. So I see it. Um, the official narrative is kind of reminding us that we sometimes are vulnerable to the randomness of nature. And I was like, really? Because I think the moral of the story is that we are sometimes vulnerable to the randomness of social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what the algorithm like feeds you and all of those things. So on the COVID point, like obviously we saw something similar that a lot of people got backyard chickens when COVID hit, which would put their birds at almost three years old, which is a normal time to see a decrease in production. Mm -hmm. And even people who were already backyard like chicken people, they expanded their herd during COVID. So like we would be seeing it across the board. And I was like, I honestly was like, in my non-professional opinion, literally know nothing about chickens. I was like, that makes the most sense to me. Why would we be seeing it? Like, and it fell like right, they would be like two and a half years old in the fall. So then you also combine that with like shorter daytime hours, which makes chickens produce less. Colder temperatures makes chickens produce less. And I also feel like we've had a lot of cold fronts in our country this winter. Like we've experienced more cold. So that would be playing a part too. Yeah, there's just so many variables. And I just feel like right now we're hearing one side. So when I actually shared this, uh, I shared last night on Sundays, I always shared in my personal stories, like what we're talking about in the week. And I got a couple people respond. And some of them actually said that they are not even seeing this. They are using the feed. No difference. Conspiracy. It's total conspiracy. And then I got like a person messaging that saying it's very interesting because they have a sister that was actually noticed decreased speed and was on one of the brands and another one that was doing something different and it was never, you know, affected. And so I feel like you're just, again, going back to like, it's just hearsay and there's just too many variables to control. It's just like, I I don't want to say opinion because that's not the right word. It's personal experience. It's personal experience right now. Um, But it's just, there's like the whirlwind around the side that's experiencing one side instead of like the other side is not sharing. And they wouldn't have a reason to. I mean, they might because now this is kind of going now viral, they are, but they yeah. could like pop in and be like, actually, no. But before, like the storm is created from like a bunch of the same people experiencing the same thing. Isn't that called like anecdotal evidence where it's like your personal experience and then you share about it and then people are like, take it as fact when it's actually just like your personal appearance, opinion. So, yeah, it might be. Sounds right. 
Sounds right. Sounds we're, 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 we are super Don't good at this us. stuff. No one put that on a quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing though, the podcast I listened to that I thought was interesting because we talked about this briefly last week that um, the toasters were talking the to- the morning. The mm-hmm. toast was um, talking about the egg, the fire that like lost mm-hmm. some chickens. This podcast got into that and was like, see, it's like a conspiracy. And if you go to the USDA's website, the USDA is like, that is like a blimp of how many chicken, mm-hmm. like laying hens, like it literally will not impact anything. So and when so- I was searching for TikToks to make the real same thing, I just typed in chicken pea conspiracy and there was a ton on the fire as well. Yes. Uh, no one's talking about the avian flu and I don't like want to get totally into it because I didn't research it. But in one of the articles, I did see that um, more than 43 million of the 58 million birds were slaughtered over the past year to control the bird flu. That fire was 100,000 birds. Yeah. So it is an absolute blimp. The SDA has made a statement like that fire, the chickens lost in that fire are not affecting like production numbers at all. Yeah. And yeah, so you said that um, 43 million were laying hens. So like yes. it, they are eggs. It's not chicken. That's why we're not seeing yes. like chicken prices go sky high because they weren't like impacted. Um, and yeah, the the podcast I was listening to was talking like that is like that is not natural. That can't possibly happen. And I just feel like if you know anything about agriculture, like I remember when um, there was a really bad outbreak for cattle in Europe, and it it was like in the '90s when I was a kid, and it made all of our cattle prices in the U.S. go sky high. Like, yes, this is like something that can happen. This does happen, and it happens. I think a lot more often in chickens and hogs, I believe, than cattle typically. Um, but it's also just like there's so many birds. Like our bird, our poultry population is crazy compared mm-hmm. to like cattle, like numbers wise. So, so one last thing I'll point out is in one of the articles, there was an executive director of the Association of American Feed Control Officials, which is a group of local, state and federal agencies responsible for regulating animal feeds. Didn't know that existed. But Mr. Thurnell, Austin Thorell or Thurell, thorough. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He said, our members have not really heard any exact reports of any correlation between the feed and egg production. He's saying that states and people aren't reporting it. He said, however, our officials are fielding lots of questions from people who saw feed related claims on social media. So this man, my only point of this is it's crazy how many like facets of agriculture there are. Like this reminds me of like that there's someone who goes and inspects like chicken feed. One time I gave a keynote at somebody that was a, they did dog food like all, and it was like a quality control for dog food. It's like never think about all of the other like random little things that go into like, I don't know, ag, food, everything. It's kind of crazy. The other thing this made me think of is how important, I mean, obviously we say this a lot and people probably assume this is what we believe, but I just hounds back for me how crazy important social media can be for a message and for like all of our ag listeners and anyone outside of ag who has like a mission they want to share or a belief or something that they want to like use social media as a marketing tool or a tool to share that message could be really powerful. Like, listen, this one lady from her little TikTok created a whole nationwide like conspiracy, you know? And so it's like, if you really believe in and want to and are drawn to sharing on social media or like advocating for the industry, like your videos could have a major impact. So I'm, I don't know, just for me, it reminded me like, oh yeah, like again, social media is a crazy marketing tool. Like you have the power to reach millions and like really get your message across. Also though, I feel like, what is that saying? Like with uh, 
great power comes great responsibility. Like, oh, it does 100%. remind me of that too. Like this lady just being like, oh, my chicken. Like mm-hmm. keep in mind that this could, like, I don't know, just the impact it could have in making sure you're like factual. Yeah. What do you think she's like? Do you think she's like, oops? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I knew because I I think we've probably like a lot of people have had a video like do better than you expected. Mm-hmm. And you are like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. like, hold, hold on. Did, like, did everything, did I say everything exactly how I wanted? Actually, that's how I, I did an interview live on the Weather <laughs> Channel this morning and it was not my favorite interview. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I? Uh, that's another tangent. But be aware of what you're saying on social media is probably the moral of the story. That's good advice for this week. We should leave it at that. All right. I like it. Okay. Thanks for listening to Discover Ag, where every Thursday we cover the top three trending topics you need to know in the ag and food space. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to tell a friend to listen, share it to your social channels, or take a second to leave us a review. The reviews that we got this week were absolutely amazing. So thank all of you who took the time to leave those reviews. They mean the world to us, as we always say, but they truly make our day. So thank you. And if you want more of us during the week, you can always follow us on our personal Instagram pages, Natalie Kavoric and Tara Vandrusen, as well as Discover Ags and our YouTube channel, Discover Ag the Podcast. All right. See you next week.